0: Welcome to the Danny Palmer Show. Does it sound cool if I say it like that? Saturday morning, I ain't got to work. Last night's show, sold a lot of merch. By a bitch in my bed, so I ain't got to jerk. Forbes list called me, so it's hard to make a dollar. Hurt. Suck. Playa? Welcome to the vainly titled Danny Palmer Show, the Fun Friday Pod. Most po- most successful podcasts start off with their white bald host, quoting rap lyrics as though they were cool as though I was cool not I mean you know they're cool I'm the fucking loser <laughs> welcome to the podcast hosted by a loser fucking loser some people are like oh you shouldn't use the term loser anymore I'm like what if I call myself a loser that's just as bad honey you don't need to call yourself a loser you need to be supportive of yourself you're doing the best you can Sitting in your apartment alone on a Wednesday night when you should be out doing comedy Hey all right, just fucking relax. Just fucking relax. Sojunes. I got a fucking, uh, I got some good feedback this past week. I feel like I say the word the term "fucking' a lot just to throw it in there to make the podcast sound more entertaining or maybe more edgy when in fact, it's more of just a time filler. I listen to my stand-up sets and then sometimes I'll say like a lot, or I'll say you know, and it's like, dude, just stop saying that. Stop saying, dude, like, you know, fucking just eliminate all the filler, Danny. Although, I don't know. You know, you might call it filler. I call it a personality. (laughs) My friend Jared, I had my friend Lindsay on this week, on Wednesday, this past Wednesday. And she was talking about, uh, she had like a satanic t-shirt on and talking about the Church of Satan, which sounds terrible, right? You're like, come on, what are you doing? you sacrificing babies? That's not nice, you garbage people. But apparently it's just like more of like a political counter movement to the traditional, you know, I guess like religious right trying to take over or trying to like impose their will upon broader society. And it's like, well, if you can have freedoms of religion and have an nativity in the public square, why can't we put a statue of Beelzebub or some other satanic thing? I don't know, I don't remember. Maybe it's more of like a political expression. I don't really know. But then Pod super fan Jared was like, can I get a link to Satanic merch in the show notes? <laughs> yeah. if you, Come to the Danny Palmer Show for all your Satanic merch, dude. And then he said, oh, yeah, I can't read this. That one's too mean. I mean, I feel like if you're going <laughs> to shit on my family, I mean, it's fine. It's like in a one-on-one text. I'm not going to like read that to the world. They're not going to get the context of that. You know what I mean? Um, anyways, this past Sunday, I did a uh, promo with my friends Malia Simon and Caroline Haynes, both of whom have been guests on the pod. They have a new show that they're starting called Cult. Cult. I think it's May 3rd or May 5th. I'm sorry. I'm not that good of a friend. I'm I'm good enough of a friend to promote their show. Not good enough to actually look up the specific date. But it's at this bar, Heaven Can Wait, in the East Village. And uh, they shot a promo for it where they basically go around New York City and try to hand out flyers and people kind of reject them. And then they they were kind enough to ask me to participate in their promo. you can look at it it's on my uh or it's on their instagram uh walls and stories and shit and all that post you know the fucking terms just go look at malia's page, Caroline's page. you'll see it, but they had me pretend to be this creepy guy pretend to be this creepy guy and we went to black hat and uh I like you know tried to like hit on them after they came out of the bathroom and stuff and apparently and then I did like a little. They filmed me just being like, Yeah, you guys are super hot. You guys are like both young, hot babes. I mean, sure, one of you's hotter. I'm not going to say who. You're, you're tied for being hot. Just like little stuff like that, you know? And Caroline told me that the cult promo shoot, from the cult promo shoot, she's getting lots of compliments about my role in the video and concerned questions from my father. <laughs> Caroline's this like 23 year old babe. You know, she's really funny. Great comic, but then, you know, in the comedy scene, you run into a guy like me, and it's like, all right, what's this guy doing? They're like, I will put him in our promo video, and their dad's like, do not bring this man around me. (laughs) Dude, I was watching the news tonight. Fucking China. Oh, there you go again. In China, they have these lockdown, COVID lockdowns, I think in Shanghai, maybe a few other cities. Uh, They showed this video. It's one of the most disturbing things I've ever seen. They showed these drones flying over a city in China at night. And the drones were broadcasting a message, and they translated it and it said, "Control your soul's desire for freedom." What the fuck! What kind of 1984 futuristic dystopia is that? That's real. I don't know if 1984 was an applicable reference. I've never read 1984. you know You know there's a lot of great like great books of great works of literature that you're supposed to have read, like Moby Dick. 1984 Ulysses. I haven't read any of those, you know, <laughs> I mean, I want to apparently Moby Dick is kind of like a novella, like kind of short, but I feel like it would take me forever to read that too. I've been trying to read Confederacy of Dunces for fucking a year. I'm like 80 pages in. I'm like, this guy's a loser up oh, to the loser again. One more time. Anyways, here we go. Um, I've been reading. In fact, I'll go into this at the end, but I've been reading uh, this article about, I love reading health articles, you know, the gut biome, Uh, are brain foods legitimate how much exercise do you need i love learning stuff about health it's like my favorite thing and then i go out and do uh just whatever legal substance is available i gotta remind myself that i do have a corporate job i can't just like spout off about drug use on my podcast i mean maybe i can but it's definitely not worth getting canned over so i should probably use a little bit more restraint than i do (laughs) but i like to you know Read health articles, eat salad, go to the gym, and then on the weekend, just be debaucherous. That's kind of my bag. And it seems to be working. It seems to be working fine. I recommend it uh, to you, the listener of the Danny Palmer Show. Let's say you're in your mid 40s. As long as you're not like severely obese, drinking yourself to death, doing Coke every night, have some fun. You know, we're all going to be planted for eternity. Nobody's like, oh, remember those people in the 1910s that were super healthy? They're all dead, dude. They're almost all fucking dead. So just, you got to have, fuck. you got to fucking chill and party sometimes. You know what I mean? However, I do like learning health stuff. And I read this article from, uh, uh, talked about Dr. Peterson of the Mayo Clinic. And he said, if it, if it comes from a plant, eat it. If it's made in a plant, don't eat it. Because I feel like a lot of people are talking about supplements and fish oil. And it's like, you want these kind of magical remedies to just, you just take a little pill and then it just like distributes around your body and does all this magical shit. And it's like, no, you really, for the most part, need to be eating like whole grains and whole like leafy greens. And you can't fucking cut corners. Although I do take a vitamin D. I think the only supplement you're really supposed to take is vitamin D. Just do what I do. And you'll be the kind of successful person that sits alone in their apartment. Okay. That's what I, that's what I ask of you. I did a little editing there, and I was going to cut out part of that. I'm like, you know what? No, just I'm going to leave my little snicker in there, a <laughs> little breathe laugh. That's part of the entertainment. That's part of the art of the podcast, okay, is an occasional... <laughs> hey, boy. Hey, boy. So now that weed is fully legal in New Jersey, the dispensaries there opened on 421. They're fully legal here in New York, too. Or weed is legal here in New York, but the dispensaries, I guess, are opening over time. Some are already opening ahead of schedule. Which I guess is illegal, but who's gonna really enforce that? I feel like after 2020, cops are not gonna enforce anything unless it's like a really bad crime, like doing nitrous outside of MSG. Apparently, there's cops patrolling fish, the Fish concerts that recently occurred at Madison Square Garden, the makeup dates from New Year's, and they. I was listening to Howard Stern this morning. It's really interesting. They were talking about uh, Howard was interviewing people that went to the Fish concert, and apparently, the nitrous dealers set up. It's like mafia. They're like a mob. They set up like uh territory outside of MSG and they have like earpieces in and walkie talkies. And then if you're one nitrous dealer, you can't impinge or impose on another nitrous dealers territory. But then I guess the cops are chasing them around. So then they kind of relocate. It's like this cat and mouse game. It's just, it's like what I love when I love little subcultures like that, you know, like the nitrous dealers outside of fish concerts, subculture, <laughs> I could just think about that forever. And then they were talking about uh, these people were having a party near MSG and they had these like balloons and there was like people like middle-aged people passing around nitrous balloons. Dude, that's fun. That sounds fun. Although I don't want to do nitrous. Anything that makes your ring go, wah, 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 I would recommend avoiding that. Just stick with the blow. You know what I mean? Um, but I was reading this article about the dispensaries opening in New Jersey and they said one early rising customer on Thursday, Greg DeLucia, a media executive, was kind of surprised he gave his whole name to the paper, said he used to buy his weed in sketchier settings. My dealer, he said, was a guy with four teeth named Bubbles. <laughs> Dude, Bubbles has good shit, bro. You can't deny it. My friend Benny D, Ben DeMarco, he brought weed back from Denver and he'd like, like let me look at it. It's like this ounce of weed. It doesn't, it doesn't look as good as the weed in New York. Like, congratulations, Portland, on having cheap weed. And it's been legal there for a while, so like the, I'm sure the market is like come down, but like it's still not as good as the shit you can get in New York. So I'm just gonna put that out there, okay? I'm just gonna put that fucking out there. Um, I'm sorry to talk about sports, Carissa and Asha, my loyal pod fans that don't hate space and I assume hate sports. Um, but the Cleveland Guardians, not Indians, were in New York last weekend, and they one of the outfielders got into a argument with the. Um, Yankees fans in left field and he climbed up the wall and was screaming at them and they threw their like drinks at him and it was like this really intense thing. Honestly dude, I kind of liked it. I thought it was kind of cool the passion of the Guardians player, the passion of the Yankees fans just kind of spilled over and like nobody got hurt and it just like Aaron Judge had to run out to the left field and like tell the Yankees fans to calm down and he kind of gave him the like, you know, throat chopping sign like cut that out and it, I don't think that the Guardians player got Punished. I think it was was Oscar Mercado or something. I can't remember. Um, But like, it's great. I mean, that's what sports is all about. You know, if if nobody's getting hurt, then it's okay to just chirp a little bit and show your passion and show your excitement. But one of the Indians players, uh, Miles Straw, I think his name was, he was talking about Yankees fans. He said, Yankees fans are the worst fan base on the planet. (laughs) Dude. Worst fan base on the planet is an amazing phrase. I think I'm going to name this episode title that on the fucking planet. I was uh, messaging on Slack with my coworker, Kyle. We were like friends. We talk and stuff on, on Slack and she doesn't listen to podcasts. Apparently she's listening to like half of one episode of my podcast now, which is like pulling teeth for her because she just sits alone in her apartment and reads like sad books about like escaped sex traffickers or something. Um... <laughs> She said, "I was saying that I wasn't sure what I was going to do one night. I was like, I might just get high and leer at Amelia Clark, dude. Khaleesi in Game of Thrones. Oh my God! I know. I'm like I'm watching a show episodes that aired in like 2014, but oh my God, she's so hot. And when she gets mad, oh, when she gets mad, do not fuck with her. <laughs> is, this, is that content? Sometimes I th- I write something down and I'm like, oh, I'll just talk about this maybe fun little thing that I said." And then I read it and I talk about it. And then I, afterwards in my head, I'm evaluating my like, Danny. That was ridiculous. Why would you capture that and put that out ac- literally across the globe? I'm not saying I have this giant fan base. But if when you say stupid shit and just send it out across the globe, I think that's kind of hilarious. That's what I That was my primary. That is my primary use of Twitter. Now, I'll just type something ridiculous. Hit send. And whoop. I just love the idea of just a ridiculous, dumb asinine, useless Fraser idea just to the ends of the earth within one second. (laughs) Like one of my recent tweets was just olives are a fruit across the globe. (laughs) I'm not saying a a bunch of people read it, but just the idea that you can put an idea out there. That's really stupid. (laughs) And it's just like in every country, this is viewable. That's funny to me. Dude, my new song, I listened to the song like eight times. I, I'm sure you do the same thing. You find a new song. You're like, oh, my God. And you just play it in the ground. Like, I did that with, like, basically every fucking Dua Lea track that she's put out in the past, like, two years. But this song is by a woman. I don't know. If she, I don't think she's that famous yet. Or Dreamer Isioma is the band. I assume it's a woman, not just. Uh, I'm not a full band. Um, Dreamer Isioma. You spell Isioma. I-S-I-O-M-A. And the song is called Cookout. Dude, play that song. It's so lit. Highly recommend it. I just give you a good fucking song wreck. Good. i'm also watching the andy warhol documentary on netflix that's great that's where i got that quote uh the master wait the yeah the master hides his weakness the grandmaster uses his weakness just fucking genius and i'm learning all this shit like apparently he grew up in pittsburgh and he was in a heavily catholic uh family and community and he was gay in the closet as a kid but there all there was all this iconography at the church of the saints and they show the specific church that he went to in this like suburb of pittsburgh go browns and uh then they show his art today or you know was like modern art when he was an adult and there's a correlation between the iconography iconography like the icons with the you know the the virgin mary and the ring around her head and like kind of this like Uh, disembodied figure so to speak and then you look at the you know Marilyn Monroe and Elvis repetitive uh, paintings and there's like you can see the through line from the exposure he had as a child to the Catholic iconography to the art that he made as an adult that became globally renowned and I kind of love that shit you know It's like, what were the childhood influences that really shaped you and how are you expressing them in your adult life? I think it's always an interesting thing to think about. All right. That one's over. That idea is done. Sometimes I like to have morbid thoughts about life, you know, or just like, like one of my morbid thoughts are just like sad thoughts. Like think about like, if you went to high school, let's say you went to high school in Minneapolis, Minnesota, and you had a great group of friends and you had like, I don't know, five, a group of five to 10 core best friends and you know everything about them They know everything about you. And then you just go away, you move away, and you live your life. And then you just never see those people again. Or or let's say you do maintain close ties with your small circle of high school best friends. Now think about all the other people that went to all the other high schools all across America. I'm just using one country as an example. And then think about the number of people at each one of those schools across the country that you could have met had you moved to that town at that time in your life and become best friends with those cool people And made those your small circle of cool friends. And then multiply that exponentially by the number of schools across the country. In theory, you know, each one of us could probably have literally thousands of best friends. And each one of them would make you laugh and teach you things about life and have these precious memories. But guess what? You're just one person with one life. So you don't get 3,000 best friends. You get fucking five. And it just makes me sad that you're just going to go your whole life, birth to death, having never met those people. They'll have never met you. Not once. You'll never even know they exist. I guess that's the saving grace of it is that you'll never know they exist. But now you know they exist because we're thinking about it. We're talking about it right now. Fuck. And then another thing, it's like, you know, I think a lot of comics, I'm, I'm not saying I'm excluded from this, get focused on, oh, I got to get famous and, and rich. And then everybody will know me and appreciate my talents. But then you look at like a sport that maybe isn't as well-known, or even if it is well-known. I'm sure that people know Tom Brady's name, but I'm sure there's like millions of people in this country who could give a rat's ass about the NFL, don't know anything about him. And then hockey, a less popular sport overall. I was um, reading that the, Canadian, the Montreal Canadiens, Guy LaFleur, was a big star of theirs, apparently. He died recently. And the fans there, they did a tribute to him after his death. They gave him a 10-minute standing ovation. And it's like, think about all those people, how much he meant to them, the 10 minute standing ovation, and then think about all the millions, probably billions of people around the globe that have literally no idea who that is. (laughs) You know, it's like when, uh, what's like, I always forget that French comics name that's like really famous and in France and Europe and he's a huge, and then he comes to America and he's less well known and he did a special in English on Netflix. It is good. He's good. Very talented comic, but like, you know. You're a big fish in one pond, and then in other ponds, they're not aware that you exist as a fish. So no matter what you're striving for, I mean, unless you're fucking Michael Jordan or Michael Jackson, not that that's the greatest example, Like, there are still going to be millions of people around the globe that have literally no idea who you are. Good lesson in humility and (laughs) a reason to hang yourself. I'm just kidding. Don't do that. Stay alive. It's fun. Find your own meaning. Find your own friends. It's great. I love life. I do. For real. Danny, what are you doing? All right. And now we move into the inspirational part of the Fun Friday Pod. I, once again, turning to my favorite Sunday newsletter, the Farnham Street Blog. Uh, Once a week, they send this newsletter. I highly recommend subscribing to it. Every Sunday, I wake up and I just open it on my phone and I'm like, oh, this is so inspiring. Um, Here's a few that I read from this past Sunday. The 24-hour rule states that you turn the page every day. No matter what, you can celebrate or cry, but tomorrow you turn the page. Tomorrow is a new day. We all know the person at the office that hangs on to the past. They remind us. They remind of us. Oh, Jesus. They remind us of the project they worked on ten years ago that was a success, or they let a temporary defeat turn into a permanent one. They are anchored to the past, and it prevents them from seeing the future. Learn from the past, but don't hang on to it. This and this is the killer for me. Yesterday is irrelevant. Yesterday is irrelevant. It's so hard to perceive yesterday as being irrelevant. If someone hurts your feelings, if you have a setback at work, if you made a mistake, if you humiliated yourself, if you did something wrong that you haven't like been accountable for yet, how are you going to say yesterday is irrelevant? But I, I also see the point of it. Like, okay, those things didn't go well. You made those mistakes. There's still things to atone. still things to rectify. But you can't dwell on that feeling of oh, I fucked up or ah, oh, this person hurt me like you got to just create every new day as a new day and come to it with a fresh mind. I feel like that's one thing I've gotten better at my work, my day job about is I used to spend a lot of time being angsty in my head being like you didn't finish this yet. You didn't finish this yet. Oh, you're not going to succeed. Oh, your boss gonna be mad at you. You're letting people down. It's like all that time you spend angst in yourself, stressing yourself, like squeezing your brain like a fucking stress ball. That's not helping you get things done and resolving the thing you need to fix. Like, I operate best and I'm not stressed and I'm calm and clear-headed and focused. So, yesterday is indeed irrelevant. That's something. Is that something? That feels like something reasonable, good advice. All right. Here's another quote from Farnham Street blog. I'm just going to read it. All, all of this pretending and performing, these coping mechanisms that you've developed to protect yourself from feeling inadequate and getting hurt has to go. Your armor is preventing you from growing into your gifts. I understand that you needed these protections when you were small. I understand that you believe your armor could help you secure all of the things you needed to feel worthy and lovable. But you're still searching and you're more lost than ever. Time is growing short. There are unexplored adventures ahead of you. you. You can't live the rest of your life worried about what other people think. You were born worthy of love and belonging. Courage and daring are coursing through your veins. You were made to live and love with your whole heart. It's time to show up and be seen. I mean, kind of akin to the earlier quote, you know, your armor is preventing you from growing into your gifts. That's just, that's kind of deep shit, man. I love that. You know, you can't just like walk around with this defensive. Like I think the earlier example was more about having angst and anxiety prevent you from being fully present and fully productive in the current moment. And this is more about your defense mechanisms preventing you from being open and vulnerable and loving. It's like, there's no yesterday. There's only today. There's only being present, not being angsty, not being defensive. I suffer from that. I get really defensive. I feel like I'm getting better about it over time, but it's hard not to be defensive. You know, it's like someone's like, oh, hey, you fucked that backsway. Fuck you, dude. I don't do shit. <laughs> all right, that one's done. Uh, this is a quote that um, I don't know if I fully understand this, but Pod Superfan Jared sent to me. Sent it to me, and I thought it was pretty good. It's from this musician, Danny Elfman. Jared apparently thinks that Danny Elfman is one of the top five musicians of all time. Personally, I never heard of him, but hey, back to the earlier quote. You know, not everybody knows everybody. <laughs> He says, it often feels like a tremendous amount of work is required to get an idea moving forward, like pushing a train uphill. But at a certain point, the thing takes on its own momentum and takes unexpected turns. So it's that feeling of holding on rather than pushing it that is the most exciting thing. It's that need to occasionally bounce off the walls, letting anything happen for any reason, and having nothing to guide you. That is the joy. Very interesting. I mean, I, was, I guess I'm thinking of that. I think he's, he's a guitarist and a singer. So maybe he's talking about songs that he's created and improvising on stage or helping, you know, the songs expanding and growing as he's working on them and becoming their own entity. And I don't know, I was thinking about podcasting, I guess, you know, sort of this pod like three years ago, wasn't anything. And I feel like it is an entity. It is kind of growing, you know, just like all the other podcasts in the world that people are working on and, you know, becoming more creative, becoming more fully immersed in who they are, I guess at some point, you know, it's not just you starting to make something. It's you guiding something, you know, as it grows. All right. Is that content? I don't know if that was anything. Maybe I should just read the quotes and then not evaluate them at the end. That, that might be better. <laughs> shut up, Danny. Just shut up. There's a good quote from Kurt Cobain We're wrapping this up soon. 23 minutes, very sufficient amount of time. Last week was only, it's funny. Last week I cut the pod short of 15 minutes because I was going to go to my friend Maria's birthday party in Brooklyn. But then the L wasn't running after ten fifteen p.m. So then I just didn't go to the party. And then I just like walked around the village. And then I just went home. <laughs> what a cool night. Okay, this is a quote that is often attributed to Kurt Cobain. They laugh at me because I'm different. I laugh at them because they're all the same. Ooh, love it. Uh, and then this, there's this, of uh, this other fucking goddamn it! I should have wrote down the name of this artist and the name of the song. Well, I think I know the name of the song. Uh, it says, "This life was made for us, but don't forget the drugs." It's it's very true, you know. It's like, uh well, I understand if you're sober or you need to be sober. I probably need to be sober at some point, but it's in some respects, the drugs are what make life worthwhile. I'm not saying if you overdo it, you OD. I'm not recommending everybody becomes Len Bias. But, you know, that other song, Lyric, it's like, it's all overrated except drugs and alcohol. <laughs> I mean, the feeling you get when you have that that sense of euphoria that's enhanced by a substance, it's it's second to none. <laughs> I'm just advocating drug use. I know, it's not for everybody. Some people can't handle it. Anyways, thanks for listening to the Fun Friday Pod, you fucking dudes. And if I continue to talk for about another 15 seconds, it'll be at 25 minutes. 25 is a nice, solid number. You know, 25, 25. We've made it. We've made it. Come uh, to Black Cat. I think we're working on getting Black Cat possibly into the New York Comedy Festival this November, which would be fucking amazing. I'll keep you posted on that. Ryan DeColos and I run the show every Friday night at 9 o'clock, 172 Rivington on the LES. LES. We have new flyers out now. (laughs) Check my social for that if you want to see it. Danny Palmer NYC. The Danny Palmer show on Instagram. Send me a note. No one ever does. Have a nice weekend. You. <laughs> oh, I'm going to come. Oh, oh.